When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Helping people. Welcome to another episode of Talk is Smart with. Pew. And McCart, episode number 11. Joe, you still enjoying Yes, mate. Still am. Still good to speak to the Scotsman every Sunday. Today, Monday. Bank holiday. Big weekend of boxing. A lot of talking points. Uh, first of all, we've got to really stick with the Usyk Dubois <laughs> kind of fiasco. I, I don't know how far you want to go into this, Andy, but what was your initial reaction to the fight, first of all? But the, the, the fight itself, Bray, I, I sort of said the kind of almost, I knew that Usyk was going to win. I said to myself, Usyk won, but the, I was hoping Daniel Dubois would make a good account of himself um, yep. because he's still young. And uh, yep. as heavyweights go, heavyweights coming at their prime close to their 30s. Do you know what I mean? That's when they really come into their yeah. prime. But Dubois sort of, he's there or thereabouts. He's 24, 25 years old. He's obviously got punching power. So I was hoping he'd make a great account of himself, announce himself on the world scene, which I think he did. I think he boxed well for the first four or five rounds. Do you know what I mean? Leading up to the the low blow, whatever you want to call it. Um, we'll talk about that. I'll try and give his, I'll sit on the fence as much as I can, but I doubt I can. Um I think he's done a great account, had a great account. So I just think that that 12 round distance for him right now is he still needs mm. to find that, that, that bet, that little bit extra bit inside him to get them 12 rounds. And I think he'll find it, but I, he's a heavyweight and these big guys, because they carry so much muscle um 12 rounds is quite tough for the majority of them. Um, and I, I, I'm, I'm happy for Daniel Dubois. I thought he'd done very, very well. I really did. But, I mean, he was up against somebody like Alexander Usyk, who's had 300-plus amateur fights, Olympic gold medals, world championship gold yeah. medals in amateurs, undisputed cruiserweight, unified heavyweight champion. Daniel Dubois, absolutely limited amateur career. And then, obviously, he's only had 20-something fights in the pro ranks. So I think he did, he did very well. But, I mean, Alexander Usyk, what, can you, what more can you say about that, man? Truly. Look, without going into the low blow yet, I think... It just shows the pedigree of Usyk. It probably wasn't his best mm-hmm. ever performance, but I think tactically up to a certain point, Daniel Dubois need done what he needed to do. 
done mm. what he could do if he were to pull off that major upset. He'll definitely come again. He's still so young. And you are right. It is maybe conquering the later stages of the fight. Um, it was very close up until what happened with the eye against Joe Joyce. Mm. And that was heading into the championship rounds. Uh, so I think if he stays with Don Charles, I would like to stay, see him stay with a trainer longer now because he's been with, I think, three trainers in these past five fights mm-hmm. now. Um, with Daniel and Don, I like their partnership. I like Don Charles. I think he's really good for the sport. So hopefully they will stick together. And look, I think a couple of rebuilding fights, and I'll chuck Daniel Dubois straight back in there because he would have learned so much from that fight. Those rounds against Alexander Rusic, just trying to process his thought, trying to process his movements, his footwork, because it is second to none in the heavyweight division, Alexander Rusic's movement, because he has come up from cruiserweight and he was undisputed cruiserweight champion. So I think he'll come away and come back a much, much better and complete boxer, Daniel Dubois. I agree. I, I think that he is the future. Him, Jared Anderson out in the US, yeah, Moses, the yeah. Tumors, all these guys. You you look at the Dilly Zhangs, the Joe Joyce's, the Tyson Furies, the Wilders, the Dillian Whites, the Joshua's, um, Hergovich, I think as well. He They're all in the 30s. Yeah. Late 30s, yeah. mid, mid 30s. So, and then you've got the young crop coming through. I like Jared Anderson. I think he is Definitely one to watch. I love uh, Daniel Dubois, Moses Atuma, Fabio Wardley. These young guys. Fabio Wardley's a wee bit older. I think he's late twenties, but he's not got he's he's not got a lot of miles on the clock in terms of hard fights. No, so yeah. he's a young. He's a young. So the future's bright. It's looking good. Um, I do think that Daniel Dubois is going to be a world champion. There's no doubt about that. He just needs to find that extra gear when it comes to those latter rounds in a, in a fight, and I think he will find it. And the game plan that him and Don Charles was going uh, was implementing, I think, was was the right game plan. I think the, the, to mm. attack the body, I think I said this last week in the, uh, the podcast when we were reviewing the, the fight, I said the key to it is take, try and take Usyk's legs away from him, go at the body. We've heard rumours about sparring, and he doesn't like it to the body, and I think... That's 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 a true statement. I don't think Usyk does like taking it to the body. I don't think many fighters do. But Usyk, that's maybe yeah. a, does have a chink in his armor. I think that's it. But you need to catch Usyk, and I'm going to go on to the low blow now because he almost caught Us- Usyk. Now, when when Daniel Dubois fired that shot in, I was watching it on my TV, and I was like, ah, nope, no, 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 that's, that's that's not a low blow. It's not a low blow. It just looked. It didn't. I just didn't feel like it was up a upward trajectory. And it felt like it yeah. was up in his gut. And then you sort of see the replay and then you see it hit the waistband and it was below the top of the, the protector. And the referee always says, this is a, this is a, normally before a fight, you see the referee's final instructions. Yeah. When the announcer puts his arm underneath his armpit and he gives him the microphone, he says, right, have a clean fight. This is high, this is low. Keep it above here and whatnot. So he gives his final instructions where it's high because some fighters like to pull their shorts and the protector high above the, the belly button. Some mm-hmm. have it lower. So he, he does let the fighters know that this is okay, this is not okay. Um, but the referee, he obviously seen it hit the waistband, called it a low blow, Usyk went down. And obviously we've got hindsight. We don't, like, There's no VAR in boxing. So mm-hmm. we can't stop, replay, look at the slow motion, look at this camera angle, look at that camera. But we can after the fight, after the fact. And I think when you've seen it after, I, I watched some guy broke it down. He was 
he was saying that once Usyk lifted his leg up, his protector came up, up way past it, and then he threw the shot. Again, it's for me, if it's on that waistband, it's below the protector, it's a, it's a low blow. Um, but then when you hear, you, you've got, what's amazing though, Joe, is that this has split the boxing fraternity, the boxing world. You've got guys that have been yep. in there, done it, Carl Frampton. I think he's changed, he's changed his tune a little bit. Um, but he was saying he was adamant it wasn't a low blow. You've got guys like uh, Tony Bellew and Paul Smith and all these guys, Liam Smith, saying it was a low blow. Spencer Fearon saying it was a body shot. I mean, it's sort of split opinion a little bit here on what what is a low blow. But I think the, the rules are the rules. If it's on the protector, below the, the, the top of the protector and on it, then it's a, it's a low blow. Because even below the navel with that, where your bladder is, there's no muscle there. And getting hit there above the pelvic bone is, is I'm going to say, I want to swear, is sore. Mm. So. And I think it is very borderline. Whatever way you look at it, whether his shorts were up too high, whether it wasn't made clear, because don't forget the referee should have gone and seen them both prior to the final instructions in the ring. And he would have given uh, the rules then as well. There would have been rules meetings. So this sort of thing should be clear before the fight. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it will, it has, it has divided a lot of opinions. Do you think, Andy, that they will get an appeal and they will win an appeal? No, I think we've seen this stuff when there's, like, for example, Maxi Hughes appealing with IBF after the Cambodian. Mm. I just feel like these appeals, they come, they come to nothing. They always come yeah. to nothing. I think the, the, the boxing world, these these sanctioning bodies, they want to move on to the next guy. And I don't think it will come to nothing. I think Frank Warren has said on TalkSpot today that he's uh, he's going to gather all the evidence, all the, the camera angles, the slow motions. He's going to present it to the... The WBA wasn't it this one the mandatory. This is the WBA. Yeah. Mandatory. He's going to present it to the WBA. Uh, but like I say, this thing takes forever. So I think it will be the Tyson Fury fight next for Usyk or Hergovic. Um, I think we all want the Tyson Fury fight. But I think that if, again, my initial reaction on that thing was was a low blow. But then Usyk obviously took close to three minutes. I think it was to get back up. I want to ask you this, Joe, do because. Daniel Dubois was actually boxing quite well up until that moment there. And it was mm-hmm. at that moment he started to slow down. Do you think that took the wind out of his sails, sort of like, because he, he seemed a little bit more, maybe not gun-shy gun to throw, keep throwing to the body, but mm-hmm. he didn't throw as many to the body after that. And maybe did that, because he has got that mentality where he's quite laid back, he's a cool, calm, collected guy, nothing phases him. I think that maybe that maybe took the wind out of his sails a little bit, that he was he lost a little bit of momentum going into that 6th, 7th, 8th and ninth round? Look, I think when you're riding on a crest of a wave, whether that's anything, when you're on form and it was stopped for three minutes, you would probably lose a bit your momentum. You're probably a bit disheartened if mm. you've gone into camp thinking this is how you're going to beat Usyk because we both said it, he needs to go to the body. Um, so... I think when that got taken away from him and when it got ruled a low blow and he obviously felt it didn't, Mm -hmm. it it didn't warrant that amount of break. It didn't warrant what happened after. Mm -hmm. Mentally, it probably was challenging for him because now he's thinking, okay, I've got to take this big part of my game away. I've been threatened here, like points, disqualification. Um, So he really 
had to completely change his game plan. Mm-hmm. And when you're trying to adjust against someone as good as Alexander Usyk, well, we know how it ended. Mm-hmm. And let's talk about it, because obviously there's going to be a lot of, I think, the fact that he went down with, I think it was the jab that put him down the second time and he didn't make the the the, the 10 count, the referee waved it off. A lot of people are going to sort of question Daniel Dubois' heart again. But for, my young, for a young fighter to go through that sort of, I, I, the, the eye damage that he went through with the Joyce fight, I think that even that's going to be in the back of his mind. Yeah. I mean, I, I know fighters, as Ricky Burns being one of them, when he broke his jaw against Ray Beltran, he was very, very weary leading in that Terence Crawford fight after that. I think it was Terence Crawford after Beltran. Um, I think it was. Man, I need to actually look that up. Uh, leading into his next fight, he was worried about the sparring on his jaw and how it would hold up and whatnot. And I think mm. even Daniel Dubois, with the injury that he suffered with in the Joyce fight, that when uh, Usyk threw that jab, it was sort of like southpaw jab, but it was like a sort of corkscrew jab. It was one of them ones that came over the top yeah. and went down on the eye. And maybe he, he sort of thought to himself, oh, no, not again, not again. But like I say, Daniel Dubois has got that equaliser. He's got power. He can hurt mm. you no matter what. And I think that he can he can go away from that fight with I mean he where was held held high a little bit. Obviously the disappointment where he still believes that he knocked Usyk down in that fifth round and maybe he's gonna get a little bit of a he's gonna get a little bit of kickback with not getting up after that knock. Yeah. He wasn't dazed, he wasn't buzzed. Um he just stayed down a little bit too long and didn't beat the referee's count. So he's gonna get a lot of uh, flack for that. But again, I like Daniel Dubois, I really really doing it. It's almost yeah. almost because he's such a likable guy and, and like I do like him, I, I find it hard to try and criticize the, the guy because I do like him. But again, that's just our job, and it's I'm not criticizing him. I just think that he will be a world champion again, and I, I think that maybe he could have got up. I mean, I, again, it's easier said than done sitting here on my couch watching two heavyweights going at it because I'll never ever in my life feel what the power's like to get hit by a heavyweight oh, yeah. guys. so we don't know we don't know what the power we don't know mm. if that jab is one of the that jab could be like a a left hook for us but um yeah. we would never get the experience so we don't know what it's like but um i'm on a, on a tangent here but as i say i do want to say this daniel debar will be world champion in due course in the future i will say that oh, oh i'm quietly confident agree with you there andrew i think Wait until this era's over. We're probably going to be mm-hmm. done in two to three years, and then those three belts are going to fragment. The WBC will probably become available if or when Tyson Fury does what he does with that belt. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think there's going to be a big opportunity probably in about three years where I think we're going to see a lot of new world champions because those belts will fragment completely mm-hmm. at some point. Before the kids, they tend to unify. You mentioned, you mentioned, sorry for cutting you off there, Joe. You did mention the WBC belt there, and we all know who the WBC title holder is. Yes. Now, Tyson Fury watching that version of Usyk on Saturday night. What's he thinking, Joe? I think he's thinking probably the same as he's always thought. Hopefully, someone comes up with the money to pay for that fight. Probably. Uh, I think he wants that fight. I. I don't think he's actually that bothered about being undisputed, but he's more bod- bothered about the name of Alexander Usyk beating the guy that's beat Anthony Joshua. And it is the fight, really, that everyone wants, and we can just hope it will happen. And without doubt, that will be taking up the news for the next couple of months. Will they, won't they? 
And that's it. I think I don't think both fighters the reason both fighters want it. It's just yeah. It's just them eyes, them dotting them eyes and crossing them T's and whatever it is that all these how these contracts work because I, I, mm. I can sit here honestly and don't know how don't I do not have a clue how these contracts work but um obviously the two fighters want it Usyk clearly wants it Tyson clearly wants it uh so it's just as boxing fans we've seen like I said to you we've seen Spence Crawford we've seen Tank, yeah. we've seen Tank Davis Ryan Garcia we're starting to see the the fights we've always wanted to see happen so yeah. I'm that you you're quietly confident that Daniel Dubois will become world champion I'm Quietly, very quietly confident we will see Tyson Fury and Usyk starting next year. Well, only time will tell, but <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'd hope, but I think that will be the perfect time. And we have got to have kind of see what's happening with Hergovic because he is next in yeah, line. And he's, he's with refusing, the IBF mandatory. Yeah, he's refusing to step aside as well, isn't he? And we've seen the IBF be strict with mandatories in the past. Mm-hmm. So we will have to see. That could be a little stumbling block, but hopefully a deal could be struck and we will get the undisputed fight in maybe now, February so. or March, most likely. I think we all want to see an undisputed heavyweight world champion in that four-belt four era. And yeah. Yeah, I think we all want to do. But I'm going to just hard segue right again because, like I say, cool. I'm, I'm down in Manchester as of tomorrow for this fight with Liam Smith against the uh, Chris Eubank Jr., the rematch. I am yeah. awesome for it. I cannot yeah. wait for this fight. Um, I mean, Chris Eubank, he's just being Chris Eubank. Do you know what I mean? Mm. But Liam Smith is, is, is Liam Smith as well. Liam, nothing phases that man. Nothing. You can say any crazy outlandish stuff to Liam Smith and it just won't bother him whatsoever. He's just not, he's just, he just isn't about that. Do you know what I mean? He's, he's strictly business and I, uh, I'm actually buzzing for it because I've seen the gloves are off on Sky Sports. I've watched the back and forth. I've seen a couple of interviews from them both. And uh, I think this is going to be an ex- this is going to be more exciting than the first fight, I believe, because Eubank has got a point to prove now after the way he got stopped and the way he lost the first fight. There's that elbow controversy, which I don't understand the elbow controversy. I'm going to be a little bit controversial myself here. When you're throwing an elbow, try and hurt somebody throwing an elbow like that. It has to mm. be like that. Do you know what I mean? For people that are listening on audio rather than a thing, if you put your hand up like you're about to arm wrestle and then swing your arm, that isn't really a strong elbow. But if you bring your fist down like you're throwing a hook and then come across with your elbow, that's more of a hard elbow. And I'm going to be, I I didn't mean to be controversial there, but I just don't see how the elbow was a factor in that fight. But I wasn't in that fight. Chris Eubanks probably got a point to to say to me if he sees me about that. But... um, it is what it is. I think that Liam's Liam. Liam ain't going to change. He knows. He's confident. Um, but I think Chris Eubanks, he's, he's changed his uh, training team. I don't know how much Beaumont can get get that extra bit out of Eubank with only six, seven weeks he's worked with him. Um, but like I said here, Chris Eubank has got a point to prove after the way he lost in the first fight. So I think it's going to be an exciting fight. Yeah, I love the fight. I loved it when it first came about. Very excited for it to happen a second time. And what I love about this fight is you couldn't get two different types of people, could you? They they are the polar opposites. Mm. And I genuinely think they don't like each other. It's got it's an old school fight feel I like about this. Uh, two big domestic names. There's no world titles involved, but it's a big fight. It's a big pay-per-view fight. Mm. And, and 
I think it could be different this time. Because if you remember, everyone was shocked by how abruptly the fight ended. Because going into it, a lot of people were picking Liam Smith on points. But no one thought Chris Eubank Jr. was going to get knocked out. He'd yeah. never been even shown signs of really being hurt badly in the past. And he's been in there with some big, big names, Chris Eubank Jr. So was it a case of it was just that one shot that just changed everything? Uh, did, did Does he genuinely believe it was an elbow? And what will Bomac bring to the team? You've kind of seen the polar opposites of the effect of Bomac, someone mm. who he's trained for such a long time in Terence Crawford. And that's proved to be a, a match made in heaven. And then he teamed up with Amir Khan, didn't he, for the Kell Brook fight? Yeah. And we know what happened in that fight. So I am intrigued by the Bomac and Chris Eubank Jr. relationship. I know certain trainers have found it difficult, they've said, to work with Chris Eubank Jr. in the past. He's been for a, a fair few amount of trainers. Mm -hmm. But I'd like to see how they gel and I'd like to see what he will do differently. Because before this fight, I thought we both knew what Liam Smith was about and we both knew what Chris Eubank Jr. was about. And it took a lot of people by surprise how that fight ended up. Was uh, that yeah. Was that a shock? Was that a freak occurrence? Or is that is that is he just got his number? Is that what happens? I don't uh, listen, I think uh I think Liam Smith at 160 is 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 strong. He's powerful. Yeah. Uh, Liam has got big legs. Uh he's solid. Um I'm not mm. going to say I'm not going to I don't know I'm going uh, I sparred him back in March this year and just the I've spotted some good fighters in my time from being at lock end, but just a little, even that little stupid little move around I had with Liam, I had so much respect for how he moves and the way he, he's in range, but he isn't in range and you, he, he's constantly on your chest sort of thing. So for those full three minutes of a fight, you're thinking, you're constantly thinking of what's coming, where can I do, what can I, you don't have yeah. that five second little breather where you take a back step. Liam is there. Um, so, and even it be, I think at 160, that's, that's where the best Liam Smith is. I think he spoke about going down to 154. I think he's still ranked uh, four with IBA, yeah. four with the WBA uh, at, at 154. But at 160, he's uh, he's ranked number two with the WBO behind Gennady Golovkin. Um, I just think that maybe 160 might be Liam's best weight. Um, I don't. I, I'm just guessing here, but I, I, that's my my thought process from the outside mm. looking. Um, I don't know what Liam's thinking. Liam's always said that he would he would go down to one fifty four if the fight if there's a right fight down there. Um, but one sixty, I just think that's he he's, he just carries so much power up there. And I don't know if he can carry it down at one fifty four. Maybe he can, but I just feel like one sixty is where Liam's at, and I just think he's he, that's his his weight. And I think if he stays there, he could possibly win another world title at one one sixty. Because I still think he's 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 he might not be in his prime, so to speak, but. He's still a, a heck of a fighter, and uh, he, he's he's gonna he's gonna give it to Chris Eubank again uh, on this fight. But like I say, I'm intrigued because Chris, being Chris Eubank, and you've alluded to it, he's had so many different trainers, but he's always found a, a way to win. He's always got that mm. them uppercuts and then the speed that he's got in his hands. Um, so that is he's always got that in his arsenal. And he, like I say, he has got a point to prove. 
after the first fight. I'm sure he does not want to go out the same way he went in out in the first fight. So it's I'm buzzing for it. Like I say, I'm really looking forward to it. I can't wait to get down to Manchester and start this fight week because watching these gloves are off and all these back and forths that the two of them had, I love them type of fight weeks, mate. And and you know me, yeah. you know me, Joe. I love proper boxing. <laughs> I love when it's yeah. proper boxing, not none of the, the YouTube stuff. But uh, I do like it. I know that's your game. I know you're the YouTuber guy, you know. <laughs> but I'm just as much about boxing, real boxing as well, mate. That That's the bread and butter. That's the bread and butter. And it's a fight that we'll all be watching. And I, I, I can't wait for it. I think we've got to give a mention to a fight on the Friday as well, Andy. Yes. The of Scotland. Yes, man. Willie Lemond, 44-year-old Willie Lemond, has taken on three-time... Three weight world champion, yeah, uh, Ricky Burns, uh, the both in the forties. Uh, you know what? I'm actually looking forward to this. I actually am looking forward to this. The thing is, is Ricky always Ricky Burns lives the life, right? Ricky can yeah. do a marathon tomorrow if he really wanted to. Ricky Burns is fit as a fiddle. Um, one of the fittest guys I've ever met in my life. He he is he's 30, 40 year old and he's still sparring the kids that he trains. Do you know what I mean? He's an absolute machine. But Willie Lemond, I think that. The fact that he's fighting Ricky Burns has brought that dog out on Willie uh, Willie Lemon. Yeah. It's took Ricky Burns to get that dog out of Willie Lemon, and Willie Lemon has been Willie has been training like a monster uh, for the last eight weeks, nine weeks, whatever it may be. He took himself down to Anthony Crawler's gym, do some sparring. He's uh, he he looks solid, and when you get like it's it's a ten round fight at welterweight with. Uh, eight, 10 ounce gloves, I think it is. Eight ounce gloves, I can't remember. 10 ounce gloves. Um, no, it's, it must has to be 10 ounce gloves, does it? I can't remember anyway. 10 yeah. ounce gloves. Um, so it's a proper fight, not an exhibition fight with two old guys going at it. Um, it's a proper, proper fight. And uh, I'm actually going down to Manchester doing the weigh in, then driving all the way back up to Glasgow to cover that fight, going home, yeah, then driving back down to Manchester. For another three hours to watch to get the see the Eubank and Liam Smith fight. But listen, Ricky Burns versus Willie Lemon is going to be a good, good fight. It's just two old school fighters. They might be old. <laughs> and I forget if they're watching this, forgive me for saying it, but you're the same age as me, guys, and I feel old. So you've got two <laughs> you've got two old guys going at it, but they're both ready for it man I think they're ready to put on a show and it's going to be on BBC iPlayer and BBC Scotland and nowadays if you really want to watch it I'm sure you can find it on a fire stick or something like that nowadays so mm. um, it's definitely one to watch and it's got Scottish talent up and down the card up and down the card future guys that I'm really looking forward to Jake Lemon Willie Lemon's son's fighting on it do you know what I mean we've got uh, Matty McHale we've got uh, two Scottish title fights we've got Martin Crossan on it as well so it's going to listen it's, it's a good card I think that uh, if you if you if you're in England, Wales, or Ireland, and you want to watch it, yes, yeah. player, uh, why not give it a watch? It's going to be fun. Is it going to be both their last fights? <laughs> it's Willie Lemond. He he's 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 got the bit between his teeth now. He's uh, he's he basically <laughs> said, asked him. I done an interview with him and Jake Lemond, his son, and I asked Jake. I said, Jake, is this going to be his last fight? Will he retire? And Jake went, Nope. And I said to Willie, I said, Are you, are you, are you going to carry on? I think, Andrew, I'm loving it now. I, I love the fact that I love mm. training. I love putting a sweatsuit on now. I love going on them runs. He just loves 
being back in camp and he's got and he's doing it all proper now. What he didn't used to do when he was younger, he's got a nutritionist yeah. on board. So now what he didn't have when he was fighting and what the kids in that have nowadays, the nutritionist, strength and conditioning, all this sort of stuff, he's got that now. And the fact that he's brought that in, he's he, he's he's probably brought that new lease of life into his training. But like I say to you, Ricky Burns is an absolute machine. He can do a marathon mm. tomorrow. He can do a marathon tomorrow if he wanted to. He's just that he's just that fit. Um he lives in the gym. He's I think listen, it's gonna be a good fight and I'm looking forward to it. I mean, you've got two jocks going at it, uh, especially for me being a biased jock. Um I, I'm I'm buzzing for that as well. It's gonna be a good weekend because then on the Sunday, I've got Ricky Burns, Willie Limit on the Friday, Smith, Eubank on the Saturday, and then the old form on the Sunday. So it Big weekend. Be, it, it might be a good weekend for me if uh, if all if all if, if, well, especially if the old form goes my way, but it could be a good weekend for me. That sounds like a pretty good weekend, mate. It sounds like a pretty good weekend. I might be in Denmark for mm-hmm. an actual world title unification fight in Luna versus Dina, which is a fantastic fight if you like your women's boxing down at Bantamweight, same weight division as Al British world champion Nina Hughes, and Ebony Bridges also holds a title in that division. So hopefully we're seeing Dina and Luna get on this week. Then end of the year, start of next, we can see Ebony versus Nina, which would lead to an undisputed fight, which we see fairly regularly in Mm -hmm. women's boxing. So that would be really good. Hopefully we might be going covering that. But it's a good, busy, busy week of British boxing, world boxing, Scotland, Denmark, Poland. A very busy, very busy summer. I've got a show on the Saturday in Brentwood as well. So shout out Johnny Clark, top tier promotion. Jordan Reynolds on that card. Really good card against Matt McCullum. So we're busy this week. We'll be back though and it'll be a fantastic week of boxing. Make sure you watch Eubank Jr. versus Liam Smith 2. Or Liam Smith, Eubank Jr. 2. Make sure you watch Smith, no, Burns, Willie Lemons, Dina Luna. So many fights. Remember, Gonna be busy this Lyndon week. Arthur, Lyndon Arthur and Bolton. Linda Arthur and Bolton against Suarez. Is mm-hmm. that right? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Too many fights are covered. We need more people at IFL, mate. <laughs> need more people like me and you, Joe. More people like me and you. Listen, young man, thank you so much for your time. As always, you can find us on YouTube, Facebook, Spotify, all the sort of usual uh, podcast platforms. So make sure yep. you give us a listen, give us a, a thumbs up and a like and all the rest of it. Um, if you want to comment on how good looking or how ugly I am, do that anyway. I don't care. Um, but listen, tune in anyway, guys. I appreciate everything. Joe, as always, thank you so much, young man. I'll speak to you soon. Thank you so mate. Over and out. Peace. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.